From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, today speaking with Jeff Mayers, president of WisPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Maya. How are you? Good. Thanks for filling in for JR this week. Well, I don't know whether that's even possible, but I'll give it my best shot. (laughs) I think you can do it. So Justice Janet Protosiewicz, who was backed by liberals in this year's February election, is getting sworn in on Tuesday. What would you be expecting there, and how will that impact the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the state going forward? Well, this is huge. I mean, Republicans have controlled the court for a long time. And so Democrats have had their chances to try to get the court back, and now they're finally going to achieve it. So when she's sworn in on Tuesday, you know, then the court will flip from controlled by conservatives four to three to liberals four to three, plus Brian Hagedorn, a conservative justice who has sometimes sided with liberals on big votes, will sometimes still do that. And so I think that Democrats slash liberals think this is a new age in the state Supreme Court. And, uh, you know, it could... uh, it could affect abortion rights. There's already certainly uh, something in the uh, in the courts moving up the chain up through the courts that will eventually end up in the Supreme Court. There will likely be a fouling on, uh, you know, a new case on redistricting to try to get the state legislative lines redrawn to be more favorable to Democrats. It's impossible to draw a pure Democratic map. Even the Evers map did not do that. But it can be made more competitive from a Democratic point of view. So that is what they're going to do. Now, whether that is also done on the congressional side is different because right now the congressional maps um, are using the Evers maps. That might be a, a tougher uh, legal strategy. But this is a is just a major thing. I mean, Republicans fear that this could affect things like Act 10, the right to work law, and go down the list of what they count as achievements since they've been ruling the state house for most of the 2010s. So it's a major, major change uh, on the political landscape. So can you elaborate a little bit more on what we're expecting in terms of the big cases? Yeah, well, I think that they're going to, you know, think about, let's just talk about the the one to uh, force a redistricting decision. You know, during her campaign in the spring, which she won overwhelmingly, she called the current redistricting maps rigged. She used the term rigged. So those who want the maps redrawn more favorably to Democrats think that's certainly an opening. So there have been many redistricting lawsuits over the years. So I think that they uh, coming up with another one uh, is not, you know, they can dust off some of the old strategies and some of the old uh, legal docs. So that one, I think, would come fairly quickly. But, you, you know, that doesn't immediately go to the high court, right? It, normally, it doesn't mean that that doesn't happen, but normally these things come up through the courts and then then the Supreme Court takes it up. But the timeline's pretty tight if you think about it, right? I mean, you know, November elections, the filing deadline's like in the middle of the year, the middle of 2024. So all that would have to happen by mid 2024. So that one will be one of the, uh, definitely one of the first. 
A national Democratic law firm filed a new lawsuit in Wisconsin in Dane County Circuit Court to allow voters to return absentee ballots in drop boxes. In 2020, just a little background on that, in the city of Milwaukee, for instance, there were 15 locked and secured absentee ballot drop boxes throughout the city that were available about 24 hours a day. Of course, it was a pandemic, but now, under recent court rulings, drop boxes aren't allowed except for at a local election clerk's office. What can you tell us about this new lawsuit? You know, this was a, as you say, a pandemic device. Uh, and um, I think it was part of a Republican or uh, Trump supporter anger at tactics that they saw as being uh, successful and that they weren't adopting and it was helping Democrats succeed. And it's part of, I think, a pattern of criticism that these devices were uh, unlawful or at least subverting, you know, uh, you know, their efforts. So I think that, uh, but Democrats certainly have not forgotten. And, you know, Wisconsin has two big elections next year, right? We have the uh, the U.S. Senate election, and we have the presidential election. And, uh, you know, uh, Biden won the state by about 20,000 votes. And so, you know, chances are it'll be another close election. And so turnout is so important. And uh, Democrats, you know, are saying, again, what's the logic? Uh, you know, a secure Dropbox is, is better than sending it through the U.S. Postal Service. So let's bring back the Dropboxes. And they figure that they'll have a better chance, of course, with Protasiewicz on the on the bench and liberals controlling the court four to three, um, along again with the occasional Brian Hagedorn swing vote. So this is being done by two national groups: the Priorities USA um, and uh, the uh, the branch of the uh, Alliance for Retired Americans. I think that um, you know th again they think they're going to have a a good reception from this court instead of the court that uh, the conservative court that barred their use. You know, these two groups are saying that the conservative court's ruling um, failed to cite any real evidence that they uh, facilitate fraud or place any kind of, uh, you know, burden on the right to vote. In fact, they say it's just the opposite. So um, again, you know, this, these things that we're talking about here, you know, the redistricting, uh, you know, and this one and the abortion rights case, it's already in the hopper, you know, climbing its way to the Supreme Court are all part of the expectation that the liberal Supreme Court will be more receptive to these things than the uh, than the conservative court was. You're tuned into Capital Notes on WUWM. This is Maya Jan Silver speaking with Jeff Mayers, president of WISPolitics.com. So, you were talking a little bit about Trump voters uh, being upset at what they saw were tactics in the 2020 election of early voting, absentee voting, drop boxes, things like that. Uh, the Republican National Committee has tapped Wisconsin as the first state for its new early voting initiative. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, what's that all about? And secondly, can you talk about whether this is an about-face given Republicans' prior attitudes towards absentee voting since 2020. Right. Okay. So it, this is in the category, if you can't beat them, join them. I mean, so Democrats have proven to be very successful in statewide elections. Now, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, Trump on the ballot and abortion rights have a lot to do with it, but so does what appear to most insiders to be a superior organization 
on the Democratic side under the party chair, Ben Wickler. So then you have new state GOP chair, Brian Shimmy come on, and he early on said he didn't get, you know, the whole early voting, the opposition to early voting. It's like, you know, we need to make it easy for our voters to vote. And so, um, you know, uh, Ronald McDaniel, you know, the RNC chair, um, and of course this focus on Wisconsin, uh, from the RNC in August 23rd, you're going to have a uh, the first GOP presidential debate in Milwaukee. Then uh, next summer, you're going to have the RNC convention, and you know the RNC is you know paying a lot of attention to Wisconsin because Wisconsin is one of the handful of swing states that will determine who the next president is. And so this is again, um, you know, uh, they're tapping Wisconsin to be the first state in their bank your vote project is what they're calling it. And so it's it's an effort, you know, it's co-opting a strategy that the Democrats used. Uh, but yeah, you know, they're saying they need to do it too. And so um, it, it, it isn't about face, um, but it, it, it's, it's, it's being practical. Right? In, in politics, if you're losing, you know, you have to, uh, you know, find a way, and Republicans have not been that successful in statewide elections. Uh, um, you know, uh, Ron Johnson did win last time, but he narrowly won. And, uh, you know, Evers was reelected and Biden won the state. And so, you know, again, there's this um, Republicans are playing a little catch up on this uh, on this end of things. And they're going to, again, uh, you know, try to make it easier for their voters to, uh, to vote. And so make giving people the option of voting early. Yeah, it shouldn't uh, from a, de- a Republican point of view, that shouldn't just be a a democratic thing. We shouldn't just say, hey, you know, you can only vote on election day. Well, you know, um, you know, you want to make it easy for your voters to vote. Trump is leading a lot of the conspiracy theories himself about elections and voting. Do you see that as like, what kind of an obstacle is that to getting this? um... Well, Trump is uncontrollable, right? I mean, this is not a secret. I mean, you know, um, you know, he's he's not following a script on any particular day. It's the script he wants to do. This is what perplexes. (laughs) I'm you know, they're not going to confess that. Right. Um, uh, You know, Ronna McDaniel and and Brian Schimming, they're not going to say, yeah, Trump's an obstacle. But yeah, if he goes if he goes out there and says what uh, opposite of what they're claiming, or what they're saying, that's not going to help them. Um, you know, so they're going to try to overcome that, and they're going to try their best to, you know, get Trump to echo their talking points. But you know, it's like, hey, they want Trump to be in the uh, August twenty third debate, and you know, he won't commit, and they probably won't know until the day before whether he will be there or not. It, you know, he's an uncontrollable force. Was politics reported that Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis? are besting Trump in raising funds from Wisconsin donors. Is this the kind of thing that you're hearing on the ground from Wisconsin Republicans that there's a movement here to not support Trump? You know, um, it's early yet, but, you know, we've done a couple straw polls for what they're worth. And, you know, Trump uh, is always very strong and DeSantis seems to be the the next strongest straw polls being what they are. Um you know, the money game is is also something that you have to watch. Right. You know, this is you know, this is a test. What are the what are the uh, maybe the Republican elites in Wisconsin? Where are they going or whom would they prefer? Well, I know if you combine the Nikki Haley's numbers and DeSantis's numbers, um, you know, they'd be pretty strong as the, you know, uh, the non-Trump 
candidates, right? So, you know, Haley, this is a, these are uh, uh, six months uh, uh, numbers, okay? I'm going to round them up. So Haley, uh, the former governor and, uh, of South Carolina and the UN ambassador, she raised about 140 grand, okay, between January 31 um, and the end of June. And DeSantis raised about 110 grand. And Trump raised uh, um, a little over 90 grand. So again, what's the non-Trump numbers there? You know, 140 plus, uh, you know, 100, 250 grand versus, you know, 90 grand. So I think that it does point toward uh, the elites in Wisconsin uh, wanting to move past Trump. Now, I think that their problem is that, you know, the, the Wisconsin numbers, you know, very much mirror you know, the the national numbers, you know, I mean, he has an intense following. And as long as you have a, um, a multi-candidate field, a Republican field, well, he'll win in a multi-candidate field because, you know, the opposition vote, so to speak, is split. So, you know, in my mind, you'd only see uh, Trump toppled if somehow there was an agreed upon opposition candidate. Then I think it's possible that he could lose the nomination. But if you have this fractured field, well, he'll win the nomination again. That's, I think that that's what all, these, all this points to. But there does seem to be a feeling, right, from elites on the Republican side. This is, you know, he's not helping us win elections, right? So, um so I think you see some early success here from uh, Haley and DeSantis. You know, by the time our, our, unless it would somehow be moved up, you know, our primary here isn't going to be till April 2, uh, you know, uh, coinciding with the, uh, you know, the elections for Cavalier Johnson and, and David Crowley as mayor and uh, county exec again. But um, you know, the problem, you know, so it, It'll probably be over by the time it it comes to us, uh, you know. So you know, Iowa and New Hampshire loom large on the Republican side in uh, early twenty four, and so we'll see whether the field gets winnowed and whether a you know a one one good opposition candidate emerges against Trump. Like I said, if it's a if it lasts like it's a uh, you know, there's a lot of candidates. Uh, in the field like there are now, well, he would, he would win that race. Well, thanks for catching us up on the political tea, Jeff, and thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Happy to do it, Mayan, anytime. That was Jeff Mayers, president of WISPolitics.com, speaking with me, WUWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments with J.R. Ross every other Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.